That stuff we were just talking about, Andy? Right. We can't use it in the podcast. No, it, 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 it <laughs> definitely should not be there. <laughs> no, wait, Eddie. We can create a mystery because we can put this stuff. No, I understand that. At the beginning I'm, of the I'm just saying the stuff we were talking about cannot be on this podcast. <laughs> <It's>, <laughs> people are going to think it's bigger than it is. Well, I mean, it's pretty big. I, it's yeah, big. I mean, it's not. I, I don't know. I guess some people will think it's pretty big. We better do the podcast, Andy. Yeah. But we won't talk about that stuff we were talking about before the Absolutely podcast. Absolutely not. Okay, good. This is it, Andy. I guess. It's the Red Eye Podcast. Um, People enjoy the podcast. I just got some emails from people. Uh, I like listening to you and Andy on the podcast. I guess that's not Uh that dramatic. Wow. You know. (laughs) That's fantastic. (laughs) (laughs) I was paraphrasing. Okay. It was something like that. Uh Um, Or um, just listening to the podcast of you and Andy, liking it. Things like that. Uh, Sure. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, I I get some that say... Enjoying you guys on the podcast. Um, it's it, it's kind of passionless, but I, I like it that way. Right. <laughs> Much like this podcast. Mm-hmm. Yeah, because we don't want them. It's kind of like a reliable thing, you know? But we don't need it to be... Um, I'm a little suspicious of, of uh, passion. Sure. You know? Yeah. People who are too devoted to things. Right. People who can't live without things. Right. You get the sense people could live without anything we do here. <laughs> sure. <laughs> right. But they don't want to. They'd rather not. Right. They're, they're you know, it, it, they, enjoy, I think enjoy it is the right way. You know, they enjoy it. It's not a crucial part of their life. Yeah. Uh, and I think that's good because, I, you know, I, I mean, we've talked about this. If this podcast became super successful, we'd have to start going on tour. Yeah, uh, it's a burden. But you know, we'd probably get uh, takes over your life. Yeah, you, you get you get TV and movie deals and mm-hmm. stuff like that. And and none of us are looking for that right now. Right. Uh, it's just you know it, it doesn't fit. Even being semi successful is a burden and a and a pain. You just have to, you know, you can't. You, you like you start your own thing. Like Dave Smith, right? And and, uh, and Lewis, they have this. Uh, what's their the company called? Digital. Um, you know. Um, yeah. It's a, I can't believe I can't think uh, of the name. On it too. I was just on there, the show. Um, but they have the. We'll think of it as we talk here. The they now they got a they get their own business, um, and they've got to deliver the goods. Right. Like they're on schedule. Right. They've got nobody uh, doing anything for them, and uh, and and Dave's got to deliver his show. Right. Now they have the the fans. I was just doing. They were uh, you know down at the stand last night. And they got their fans showing up. They got interns lining up, uh-huh. auditioning for their uh, their um, their show. And uh, so, is it Gas Digital? Gas Digital. Yeah. I can't believe I didn't think of that. I knew it was something. What does it mean, Gas? Yeah. Gas Digital. I don't know. You have to ask them. Yeah, yeah. I think it might be. You know what? It's probably a drug reference. <laughs> you know, knowing those guys. <laughs> <laughs> but the thing is, they uh, but they're generating money. Mm-hmm. I don't want to quote the numbers, right. but Dave told me. I mean, it's he's those guys are all paying their bills yeah. with the gas digital income. Yeah. I mean, which is great. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. But uh, but no, I mean, like we, you know, like we'll have weeks where you know, let's say uh, one of us who's not me forgets to show up, and but we can do that. Yes. We have the freedom to do that. Yeah. 
and uh, whereas whereas these those guys don't, mm-hmm. uh, it's you know it's a job for them. For us, it's a I don't want to say it's a labor of love. It's a it's a labor of like. It's yeah. It's nice coming in every day, but you know what? Having the power that. You, the one thing you got to say, having the power of News Corp behind you. Mm-hmm. Get this building, oh, yeah, these microphones. Yeah. We got the news at our disposal. Yeah. What if we want an expert to come rolling in? Right. You know, we, they're, they're right down the hall. Yeah, I mean, we don't. <laughs> but, <laughs> no. But sure. They, you know what's funny? Experts don't really, uh, you know, when we've been doing Fox News Radio at night, um, bringing in the experts, it hasn't really lent any credibility to the show. I don't, I don't believe it has. <laughs> it's like no. We bring them down to I our think level so, yeah. as opposed to them bringing up, us up. Yeah, which I think was – and that was sort of a staple. That was the red-eye philosophy yeah. that I think we've successfully imported to the radio show. It's true. You know, somebody was saying that. They were like, oh, I liked listening to uh, – because they would – you know, they were fans of Baker. And they were like – it was because they, they watched these people – they watched KT McFarland sure. and Baker on these other shows. Right. And then they watched them on Red Eye, and they were like, it was like a whole other side to well, them. Yeah, well, John Bolton is always my favorite example. John Bolton, yeah. yes. And uh, it was like, yeah, it was great to see another side of them. And it was like, yeah, a ridiculous side. Uh, absolutely, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, but that's it. That's all in the, in the past. But, uh, you know, onward and upward, Andy. Yeah, I, the, no. Uh, what is it? What is it? You always say All arrows up, arrows up for yeah. everybody. Yeah, this is the audio. Is audio is the medium, man? It is. As I've been saying, it's a medium of the future. <laughs> yep, I think the video stuff is. Uh, it's sort of. A, it, I mean, it's become. It's a popular. It's sort of a fad. It's tacky. It's like look um, at me. Look yeah, exactly. At me, exactly. Look at me in my hair and makeup. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> no, I think it's it's true. I mean, obviously, audio is much more honest. Yeah. And that and that's us really. That's Tom and Andy are really the, the honest guys. Uh, I just got a message, yeah. Andy. Oh. Because, you know, I'm an evangelist uh-huh. for a black coffee. Sure. Uh, just ran out of cream at the office drinking black coffee. You may convert me yet. Wow. Can you say who that's from? <laughs> it's, from it's from Bob Martin. Oh. Bob Martin, the arranger for the Ragtime Gals. Of gals. course. And he, uh, he's always been a, a cream in my coffee guy. Mm-hmm. I know he has a black coffee personality, though. Uh-huh. And I, I, I'm always telling him, you know, Bob, I think you're a... I think I can sense the black coffee in your veins. I uh-huh. can, you know. Well, hold on. What's a black coffee personality? Because it's clearly not what I think it is because you are a black coffee drinker. And yeah. that is like – you're like the opposite of what I would think. You think I'm a cream in my coffee I, kind of guy? I, well, I would think – and I don't drink coffee, so mm-hmm. I don't know. Yeah. But I would think uh, – I would think I would be a black coffee guy kind of just – I would think so. – if you were coffee, you'd right. be black, I would think. Right. I can't see you sipping foam off the top of No, something. absolutely not. Absolutely not. <laughs> but 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 you are a black coffee guy. Mm-hmm. But you're kind of you're kind of sunny and upbeat. And I that see I, I picture a black coffee person being a little a little more of a uh, brooding type. Interesting. I would see somebody who has, you know, little hearts on the top of their coffee as being trying to put sunshine on where it doesn't belong. The thing is to me, black coffee is it's unadulterated. Uh, it's pure. Okay. It's straight. It's for the it's for the no nonsense guys. It's for people who have a black and white view of the world. Mm-hmm. You know, uh the the um the palette of uh the palette of seriousness. The uh I tend to think of myself as a kind of a Sam Spade type, you know. <laughs> really, you yeah. do. Yeah. <laughs> <Okay>. <laughs> I do. Or you know who I'm more like than Sam Spade? I don't know the character's name, but it it is uh, Fred McMurray's character in Double and Oh, of course. Yeah, sure. You know the way he looks at that anklet. Uh-huh. It, everything. You know, it, he's he's on the straight and narrow, right? But he gets one look at that anklet, and, and he's lost, it's, and yeah. it's over. Yeah, <laughs> that's what the bla- <laughs> and that's what black coffee does to a guy. Uh-huh. I love that you you the barbershop singing, you know, kind of uh, uh, doesn't work blue comedian. Yeah, sees yourself as a Sam Spade type. Yeah, that really is. 
something. Well, it's it's always because the thing is, the it's always a guy getting in over his head, you know. Ah. Uh-huh. Uh, Sam Spade. He didn't want he he didn't want her to walk through his door. Sure. But then when she did, uh-huh. it all fell apart. <laughs> <laughs> I love the uh, that whole genre. You know, well, that, the, the, the original Maltese Falcon. Well, yes, not, no, actually, not the original. I guess there was. I think there was one before that. But there the, was. I, I think maybe even a silent. I'm not positive. Holy crow! Yeah, I didn't I know that. I think there's one. Uh, but but anyway, the John Huston directed one. Yes, uh, with with obviously still with confusing. I still can't. It's you such know. a great movie. Though. Yes, it's not really that confusing. Once you realize that the Falcon is is a, a MacGuffin and you know doesn't really mean anything. Yes, yeah. Then it, it all falls into place. I guess you're that. right. Yeah, yeah. But it's just so well acted. But Peter Laurie, I mean, all those guys are just so good. Yeah, you know who I think is uh, is what's this? You know, you know the fat guy who was in. Uh, oh, he's the best. Yeah, the, the, from Casablanca. Casablanca also. Yeah. Ah, I can't believe I'm blacking on his name. Oh, I love him. <laughs> yeah. Oh. <laughs> and I love that it, all throughout Casablanca, they basic they they refer to him as the fat man constantly. Yeah, yeah. I think Gutman is his name. Oh, in the in, in, Casablanca? in Casablanca, yeah. Um, well, we're, we're going to Sydney Green Street. Ah, there it is. Yes. Seems like a fake name, doesn't it? Sydney <laughs> Green Street. It may have been. Yeah. Um, but the the uh, the the I am the. I mean, I think Bogey was a, a black coffee type of guy. I see myself as the right. As uh, as Rick, you know? Right. Again, yeah. I, I guess we just see you differently. Yeah. Yeah. Or really, you know, let's face it, I'm probably... I think we all realize I'm I'm more of a Captain Raynaud. <laughs> yes. You know? Although he did the right thing at the end. He did. He did. <laughs> but he's a little bit of a, you know, he's going to blow with the wind. Absolutely. He's going yeah. to put his cards wherever they... Who, whoever's in power. Yeah. No, Definitely. Uh, although he wasn't nice to those young ladies who passed through his uh, casino, you got to admit he was extremely nice yeah. to them. Well, he was, yeah, yeah. <laughs> maybe Although, too, maybe too nice. Yeah, I think his behavior um, it would be unacceptable in any place of business. It today. was not. Well, it was not. It, it was far from gallant. <laughs> I think we can say. Exactly. <laughs> yes. Um, but still, one of the all-time great characters in movie history. I mean, that movie is just filled with it's ridiculous. Great characters. It's ridiculous in its. In its excellence, yeah. Especially when you look back and you realize what, how, you know, randomly it was slapped together. Uh, like most yeah. things at that time. Yep. And uh, so I love to look at, like, I love in all instances of looking at things and thinking as you watch it for the 80th time or whatever. Because I have a, you know, it's one of the, it's one of the only old. I don't have that many old movies on DVD. Uh-huh. But of course, I ran out and bought that uh, when I. I uh, First got a, a DVD player because I knew it was one of those things that I can just put on uh, if, you know, if nobody's home. Sure. I'll just put it on. Absolutely. And have Casablanca playing, you yep. know. So, uh, uh, and and uh, what was I saying? That the Claude Rains. Um, oh, no. About how it was put together. Yes. The idea of thinking about. I love thinking of things. Listening to songs. You know, like uh, Sinatra's capital years, things mm-hmm. like that, eras of excellence, uh-huh. and thinking how they were put together, you know, during a hangover, you know, that they weren't, it wasn't, they weren't carefully planned to be uh, icon, iconographic sure. things, right. right? That they were slapped together. Uh, that Sinatra was just like, hey, uh, he was just swinging. He was like, hey, get that guy uh, Nelson Riddle. He's good, you know what I mean? <laughs> and it was like, and you put together these things that are like that will never be done again. And Casablanca was like that. So I like watching it and and just thinking uh, how perfect it is, and then saying like, it, it was a bunch of 
people who were who had stuff to do. You know, they had to <laughs> they right. had to finish their day and get on to the next right. thing. They weren't really thinking that carefully. And uh, it's like the the old legend, and I don't know if it's true, but Cole Porter. Uh, there's a song, Miss Otis Regrets, mm. one of the great songs. Okay, and um, maybe we'll put it, we can't even put it in the podcast. Can we slap it on the end? And, I don't think so. No, you can't do th- anything with music. Yeah, that was the thing with my book. Uh-huh. The people were like, "Hey." Um, you know, you mentioned a lot of people from your hometown in the book. Did you have to get their clearance? I'm like, no. I mean, they did those things. Sure. I mean, uh, you know, Kenny Tebow and Jimmy Van Danza really he gave my bike a ghost ride. So uh-huh. if I say they gave my bike, you know, there's nothing. That's what they did. <laughs> right. They, <laughs> they ghost rid my bike. Uh-huh. And uh, so, you know, and there's nothing that bad in it. It's just normal hometown stuff course, that's done, yeah. right? So and, and people were surprised that I didn't, uh, you know have to worry about that stuff. And the lawyers at HarperCollins were like, no, this is all fine. This is fine. What about this story? And, you know, and then there was a couple of names I changed because they were – it was sensitive stuff. Uh-huh. Right? So beyond that, there was nothing of issue in the book. Okay, And they, they know. They're publishers. They have all these lawyers, sure. and that's what they do. But the one thing I couldn't do, song lyrics. Oh, you can't even put song lyrics? You can't even write a line. So I wanted – Even with a credit? No, because then you have to get the you have to get the rights. Oh wow! The rights, the rights, the rights. And the thing is, once you get the, they could have done it because I said, you know, usually when the editors would come back and say things to me, I'd say, well, let's do it anyway. Let's find. They were like, we'd have to do all this stuff. I'm like, well, let's do the stuff Uh because there were certain stories. Like, there's a story in the middle of the book where I'm. uh, It's you know my first time making out with a girl in the car. Right. And um, Imperial Bedroom is a huge part of that. You know, the uh, Elvis Costello album. Okay. And Man Out of Time was playing when I finally, you know, got my arms around her. Uh-huh. Man Out of Time was playing. I'll never forget it. And sure. Whenever I hear that song, right. it's so evocative. And I was like, I have to keep that. I have to put it in there. I need the lyrics. So I just wrote three lines. Uh, to, you know, uh, to murder my love is a crime, but will you still love a man out of time? You know? uh-huh. So I, I wanted that in there. And they were like, no, we can't do that. I'm like, what? Three lines? And I was like, it's almost like one line, you know? And they were like, no, we can't do it. And uh, if, if we, got the, we can get the clearance, but we would have to apply for it and whatever. And then when the b- book was, say, sold to Europe or something, or if you sold the like, film rights to the book, uh-huh. then you got to go back in and do it again. Sure. So they were like, we're not doing it. Right. And I was like, oh, okay. So, so I took it out. So song lyrics, it's, you can't even do it. Uh, I had no idea you couldn't do that in a book. And so much of the book takes place in the – because the book's about the 70s, and I wanted to stress when I got into the 80s, like, that it's kind of the theme of the book that, that growing up in the 70s was like the 50s. Uh-huh. So I wanted to stress the idea of – that my life went from the 50s directly into the 80s. Right. And so music was such a part of that. Right. I wanted the I wanted the middle of the book to be filled with song lyrics, and they were just shooting Man, it down. That's unreal. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I know I, – I mean, I knew there were different – like, for instance, uh, Sports Night, the old Aaron Sorkin show. Yeah. Which I, I – Tend to rewatch every year or so, yeah. And it's short; it's two seasons, half hour comedy, so it's short. But there is uh, there are two scenes in the second season where the the music is different than it was when the show aired, like the music cues. Yes, and and, and they're they're popular songs. You know, I'm not talking about I'm not talking about score music. Oh wait, you music. look at the DVDs. Well, and you, and the s- you is, remember that check, it's different. I have to check my DVDs, but I, I know that show backwards and forwards. Yeah. I've watched it so many times. And and there are 
specifically, there were two specific scenes in the second season where they must not have had the rights to use the song for for streaming or whatever. Right. And they had they had to change the background music, and it kills the scenes for me. Yeah. Both both scenes, there's no talking. Mm-hmm. So it's just stuff is going on and you're hearing the music. So the music is really part right. of – it's an integral part of the And do you remember scenes. what it was? I, I, I don't know the name of the song, but I know exactly what it was. Yeah, yeah. Uh, but, but it's pop music. It's like pop it's real, music, yeah, yeah. yeah. And clearly they could not get the rights for home. I have to check my – because the last time I watched it, I watched it on Hulu mm-hmm. or whatever. And I, but I also own the DVDs. I'll have to check the DVD and see if it, what the deal is there. But, yeah. but I used to have it on VHS. And I was just, it was, I had, back in the day, I had recorded all the shows off, off air. Mm-hmm. And then I, I had two VCRs <laughs> and I re-recorded Double. them without the commercials. So I had yes. the entire series commercial free uh-huh. uh, because it wasn't released for home, you know, at the time. Right. Uh, but that's how much I loved that show. This was back in the, I guess the early 2000s, it must have been. Mm-hmm. Uh, but, um, but yeah, it, it's blatantly different music. And, and obviously that's a rights issue. But I had no idea that you could not even – so anytime you see – like Stephen King c- constantly yes. Yes. is quoting song lyrics. I mean, he, he pays he, for them. And oh, then, no. I'm, yeah. Yes. And it's you – know, I'm sure he gets whatever he wants being – Right. I think he sells a lot of books. He, one or two, he moves yeah. a lot of products. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. But you know, I, had, I did not realize – I mean I know obviously from TV you know, there are certain rules where it's like you can only use up to 30 seconds. Yeah. And it has to be – it's like – once a month, like then for thirty days, you can't use that same clip or something, right? Or that same song. I, I had absolutely no idea you could not freely quote lyrics as yeah. long as you attributed them. Yeah, but is that only for music? Like, if you wanted it's, to quote, I, it's special. You could do it, like uh, you know, um, like if you wanted to quote a, a passage from a Stephen King book with attribution. Can you do that in a book? Or do I don't you know have to about the permission? Stephen King. I don't know about the Stephen King. I know the. Mu- I think music. The thing about it is, and you know, my friend Bob Martin, the uh, man with black coffee coursing through his veins. Sure. He he uh, works in the music licensing industry. That's his job. Uh-huh. So he is the guy you have to go to if you own a, a Chili's and you want to have, you know, Bruno Mars playing. Sure. You've got to buy the rights from him. It's like what used to be called Muzak. Right. You know. Right. But now there's no Muzak. It is uh, music, uh-huh. but you you go through the the correct channel. So he is a salesman of that uh, kind of thing. So he knows all about the the licensing of it. So when I told him about my thing with the lyrics, he was like, "Oh, I'm not surprised." He was like, "Because you know, ASCAP, BMI, those guys are totally they they're they're ready to go at yeah, any sure. moment's notice." Um, but I think you could, for instance, without uh, if it's the the rules of song lyric quoting. I think if it's in the middle of a paragraph. When you say, you know, I walked into a cafe and uh, Baby I'm Amazed was playing uh, and, you know, and the minute uh, Paul McCartney got to the stanza, um, you know, I'm with you all the time, Mm -hmm. she had poured my coffee. Uh, You can do that, I think, without – I don't think there's any rights in that. It's like if it's part of the paragraph. But to kind of take a pause and make the quote, I'm essentially adding the song to my book if I – you know, print the lyrics in italics and right. make it part of the moment. So wow. that's where you get into the, the kookiness. Um, but the, uh, the, when, I, when I mentioned that aside, right, I was making a point about Casablanca, wasn't I? I vaguely, yeah. I think it was uh, the idea that – the idea that I was thinking of, Andy, was – oh, yes, Cole Porter. 
the legend of Cole Porter, Miss Otis Regrets, is that he sat down at a party, one of these fabulous Manhattan parties, uh-huh. and he improvised the song. So everyone was having martinis, and they said, Cole, play us a song. And he sat down. And he said, Miss Otis Regrets? I probably can't sing the lyrics because we're going to get nailed by the sure, yes. right? Yeah. But it's a weird song. Miss Otis Regrets, uh, she's unable to lunch today, and then it ends up with, she ends up being hanged uh-huh. by the end of the song. Uh, and, you know, sh- she shot her lover. You know, it's it's told as a tale, kind of like Rocky Raccoon, you know, <laughs> some kind of tale of woe that uh-huh. it's hard to understand. But the lyrics are kind of weird. They're kind of mysterious, but it's a beautiful melody, and it's just uh, one of the great songs of all time. Yeah. And, and Ella Fitzgerald does a version that just is so amazing, right? So when you think of Cole Porter sitting down at the piano and improvising that song, I don't know if it's true, but I want to believe it's sure. true. But while it was happening, nobody was like, wow, uh, Cole, Cole Porter, he sure is one of the great people of the modern century. They were all drunk, and they were like, this guy's cool. we got to invite him to our next party. <laughs> right. You know, it was like so – and that's what the moments of greatness, the, the great films, the great works of art or whatever, are often – I mean, you got like Hemingway. They're drunks. They're just – cranking it out yeah and so i love when i'm enmeshed in the white album or something and you realize oh these guys were all at each other's throats uh-huh. during the making of it so that's my favorite thing to do is to think of the the way that things were thrown together yeah you know yeah no i always love i like i will read oral histories <laughs> about pretty much anything yeah even if it's not something i'm particularly interested in because yeah. oral histories are just always fascinating to me <laughs> and, and they're i, I mean it, it's Obviously, because of the format, they're easier to read than uh, like uh, a straight article or a book. I mean, it's just you know they're little chunks of quotes. Yes, but it's always fascinating to me when people who were involved, and and oftentimes they have the same take. But there were people who have diametrically opposed like takes. Like you know, if you're reading it about uh, uh, an album, the guitarist would say one thing, and then the yeah. the, the bass player would be like, won't. Well, you know, whatever he says is pretty much exactly the opposite of what the guitarist just said. Yeah. And you're like, wow, but neither one of them is lying. Yes. And and they both believe what they say is true, and, and they both might actually be right. But, <laughs> yeah. But it's just fascinating how people remember things. And, and, and like you said, you know, generally speaking, none of these people have any idea that they're involved in something that is going to become iconic. Yeah. Or, or anything like that. Yeah. The uh, – what was the – that documentary, um, it's not Beggar's Banquet. What's the one, the Stones one, where they recorded it in Paris because they were essentially unable to enter England because they all owed taxes. taxes. Yeah, yeah, and it's that album that I can't think of the name of it that they basically just threw Oriental carpets all over some dude's mansion uh-huh. in France and recorded an album. And they made a documentary of that. They have old footage because they were some guy was shooting 16 millimeter footage. Uh-huh. But of course, it's the Rolling Stones. They're all just like, you know, drunk and stoned, right. sleeping in this pool. But they're in a mansion. I mean, it's so crazy. Yeah. Um, but they, they, you know, they recorded this album under duress in, I mean, I guess it's, it's only you got to put it in perspective. Under duress, they're in a mansion in France. No, of course. Right. <laughs> right. But they were exiled. It's in exile. Right. Is, the name, is that right. the name oh, of the exile, album? Uh, I was about to say exile on Main Street. It's exile something. Yeah. <laughs> we can't think of You know what, Andy? It's great we don't have our devices on. This I, is, I know. Because <laughs> this is the way. This is old school. Absolutely. It's the way people used to live. Yeah. You know, looking things up. Yeah. If you didn't know, you guessed. Yeah. You would. Uh, I'm still trying to find out, Andy. Because there's so many. You know, there was a movie that. 
uh, every once in a while I would ask people when I was in, you know, we'd be talking about things. I'm like, uh, this is before the Internet. There was this movie. When I would, when I was a kid, I would wake up in the middle of the night and I would go downstairs for a glass of milk or something. And my parents would be watching TV, you know, and what, what was the middle of the night. But it was uh, probably like 1030 sure. or something, you know. <laughs> And every once in a while, I would be like in a fog of sleep, and I would—they would just let me sit down and watch the movie with them. And I remember a movie. Uh, there was this film I saw, and it was like a living nightmare, and I—I I could never get it out of my head. <laughs> and it was a a man who was trapped in a store overnight with Dobermans. Mm-hmm. He was—that was it. The whole movie was a guy running around a store, climbing on the shelves, uh-huh. and Dobermans were in the aisles. Uh, you know, snapping at his heels. Right. And I I watched about half the movie with uh, with my parents and went back to bed. And then when I woke up, it seemed like a dream. And then I would ask my parents, what was that movie where there was a guy trapped? And she was like, I don't know. I don't know. I don't remember that. And I'm like, I, so I was on a lifelong search for this movie. Uh-huh. And then some point last year, I was like, wait a minute, there's the internet. So I type in <laughs> man, uh, you know, trapped movie, uh, trapped uh, Dobermans. And it comes up. The movie's Trapped. Uh-huh. It's called Trapped. Okay. It was with, um, um, what's the name of the guy? Brolin? The, the dad the Brolin. Dad. Uh-huh. The dad Brolin, when he was as young as the young Brolin. Uh-huh. James is James dad, Brolin, right? yes. Yeah. And he was, it was a made-for-TV movie of course, yeah. called Trapped. And it was about a guy who's just locked in a uh-huh. store with uh, Doberman well. watchdogs. Huh. And so I was like, okay, that one's solved. Now right. there's another movie, Andy. And I'm going to put it out there to the listeners to our podcast. Okay. Maybe you know it. It's a guy who he st- he steals money. Okay, he's a thief. Uh-huh. He has to go into this uh, this vault, like a mint type of vault. Mm-hmm. And is it thief with James Conn? <laughs> <laughs> I just, such simple way, just a Google search away. <laughs> he robs a place using suction cups. Uh-huh. So he has to suction cup from. He comes in through the ceiling. Okay, and like Mission Impossible, you know when he comes down the strings. Right. This is suction cups, and uh, you see people using these all the time now, doing the climbing up the, oh, sure. the walls. Yeah. But back then, this was a revolutionary thing. It was in the seventies. This guy climbs. He suction cups along the walls, and then he comes down. And the place has, I guess the floor is, is a, an alarm, uh-huh. and he can't touch the floor. So he suction cups down the walls, he steals the money, and he goes back up the ceiling. Then he hides the money behind paintings. He's a painter. Uh-huh. And he puts the, the – he paints over – now, this is a spoiler for anyone who hasn't seen the movie. <laughs> I'm giving a spoiler to a movie that I don't know the name of. But he hides the money, and so they're like, where's he hide the money? Where's he hide the money? And then at the end of the movie – He's uh, he's selling he's outside with paintings or something, and then it, the last scene it starts to rain, uh-huh. and then the rain washes, washes away the paint, and there's you see the money underneath it. Uh-huh. So you're like, he hid the money in the painting. That's mo- that movie. Does anyone know that movie? He I, hid I the a, money in the painting. So I have a question though. Yeah. So he hid the money in the paintings and then sold the paintings. I don't know. I can't remember because <laughs> I was. That seems asleep. like a bad business plan. <laughs> I know. I don't know why. I don't know why he uh, he did that, but. Um, but then there was another movie I do remember that was Harry Never Holds or Harry uh, – remember Harry Never Holds with with James Coburn? No. I don't think it's called – it's called something Harry, but Harry Never Holds because he never holds the wallet. Uh-huh. They're wallet thieves, you know? So he – they pickpockets. Uh-huh. And James Conn's the master pickpocket. But he picks the pocket and then he hands it off to other people. And you get – if you don't get – you got to get it from James Conn because Harry Never Holds. That's uh-huh. the thing, right? So I was watching it with my parents. I was half asleep. And then at one point James Conn was like – 
would you like to come up for a nightcap? And my father was like, go to bed. And then, <laughs> so for the rest of my life, I was like, what's the mis- this mysterious nightcap? I wanted to know what, what a nightcap was. Did you think it was like a sleeping cap? Yeah. I was like, oh, he's inviting them up for some kind of cap. You know? Right. And uh, so <laughs> it was for years. I knew there was something about that that my dad didn't want me to see the next scene. Uh-huh. But it was like, you know, what is this nightcap? I always, And then as an adult, I was like, you know, I wish I don't I never have night. Do you have nightcaps, Andy? I never invite anyone up for a nightcap. I, I don't think I've never used the word nightcap. Yeah, I well, mean, I probably have, but I don't know. It was like in the 70s, that was big. It's like, how about a nightcap? You right. Know? It's like, it just means someone who's totally drunk and having another drink, right? Well, yeah, but you know, you could also, you could be on, on a date at dinner uh-huh. and then you, you know, you, hey, do you want to come back to my place for a nightcap? <laughs> <laughs> Is that a weird thing? I don't know. I mean, it does seem like a 70s kind of term, you know. Right. But- Right. Um, and then you put on some, you know, Sinatra. Yeah. And yeah. Uh, with, maybe with the Nelson Riddle Orchestra. Yeah. You know who I bet has nightcaps to this day? <laughs> Michael Riedel. Oh, absolutely. I'm sure he has n- yeah. nightcaps. Yeah. <laughs> I think he might have daycaps <laughs> as well. Right. Right. Um, he, but bro- the- he broke some big news, uh, I what? guess, over the weekend. What about, the heck happened? About the Springsteen thing? Did you see that? No. Well, there, I, I guess Bruce Springsteen is going to apparently be doing a residency on Broadway <laughs> where he's going to do solo performances like five nights a week for a number of months. Uh-huh. Uh, and it was Michael Riedel who broke that news in the New York Post. Holy crow. Yeah. How did he break that? Yeah. Well, he's a theater group critic, reporter. Yeah. yeah. Uh, he must have had a, you know, he had somebody, he had somebody over at the, the Nederlander group well, yeah. leaked to him. <laughs> uh, but the funny thing is that he probably doesn't even, Riedel doesn't even care. He wants to see. He wants to see Cole Porter. He doesn't care about Springsteen, right? No, he's probably mad that they're not the theater's not showing an actual play. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. Exactly. Well, that'll be huge for for Springsteen. Yeah. Um, but it, apparently, the theater was going to be dark uh, for those bunch of months anyway. So they're they're giving Springsteen the theater for free. Holy mo! But then they will get all the and he's giving them all the uh, liquor sale revenues mm. or whatever. So uh, interesting. Yeah, it's like a. It's like a comedy club door deal, right? Yeah, pretty much. Yeah, um, I think that's what I did for the uh, for Caroline's for my book release. Oh, is, that, is that right? Yeah. And then they get. I mean, it wasn't. It's not cheap. You invite someone to a comedy club. Yeah. You know, you get them. You whack them for the cover. Right. And then they get a drink too. So yeah. it's. Uh, you know, it's not a cheap way to do a show for your friends, but it's a great, great way to. Right. It's a great evening. Right. You go. You have fun. You. They're you pretty loose with. Uh, I maybe I shouldn't even say this on the air, but. Uh, I, I didn't pay. But the what? I didn't pay it at oh, your thing. At Caroline's? Well, yeah. you were probably on the list. No, I, I wasn't. What? No. I, I think all you listeners out there should know that I was not on the list. What, you? I'm sure you were. I wasn't. Well, then, Andy, I bet you were because how do you uh, – how did you get in? They they gave me uh, – I said I, – when I got there, I said I might – and here's the thing. I never asked to be – just so – Listeners don't freak out or whatever. Yeah. I never asked to be put on the list because I always like to I like to support and I think no, I'll just I'll just pay. Uh-huh. Um, so I got there and you know I, I think I said to them I said I don't know I might be on a list and yes. she looked and didn't see my name and I said okay that's fine and uh, so she said you know it's uh, whatever I don't even remember twenty bucks or something mm-hmm. like that yeah so I I took out my wallet and she's like no no you you pay at the end oh that's funny yeah um, but then I think because I never sat. In any of the seats with like the waiters or anything oh, that's like it, that. right, right. They put it on the right. You, so you and and I never. That's it. Yeah. you were with Anthony and the other guys right. hanging in the yeah, back. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So yeah. you were well, Andy. You know, there's a lot of people in this world who just they think you're a stand-up comic. 
I know. You know, sometimes uh, yeah. we're on, you know, we would be, I don't know, somebody the other day, I feel like we're doing the radio show, and they yeah, were, it oh, well, you lot. guys, they were like, unlike you, Andy, I've never played the comedy clubs. Right. And you're like, right. I haven't either. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but that's right. For that show, you were kind of sitting in the comics area. Right. Um, which is always, you know, it's always fun. Yeah. Spent that's so always, much time back there. It's always a fun the, place to be. Behind the divider. Right. And uh, I left my laptop there that night. Why do really? Yeah, because I wanted to be Facebook living. Oh, that's right. You had it. It was up open in the back. Yes. So I opened it up. I left it there, and then I kind of was communicating because the Facebook Live was going from my phone, uh-huh. and I was communicating from my laptop. And then, I, of course, you know, in the course of a, you know, I had a book come out. I'm all excited, and right. I just walk. Hey, hooray! Let's go have a nightcap. And we off, we, <laughs> off we went, and uh, and I left the laptop just sitting there. Uh-huh. And then, uh, you know, the next day I was like, well, it's probably still there. Even there was a show after, right, in our room. Yeah. Um, but, you know, it was there. Oh, good. Honest John saw it and folded it up and put my name on it. Uh-huh. So. Thank God. Is Honest John an actual person? Uh, the, you know, the, it was either whoever saw it. I'm assuming the manager saw it and was like, oh, that was that was Shalou, you know. Right. But whoever saw it, oh, okay. it, it could have been a patron walk back there. Gotcha. But it was definitely wide open for the I taking. Thought, I thought maybe there was someone who worked there who, named John whose nickname was Honest John. Oh, no. And I was thinking it's great that he's the one that found your laptop because you knew you'd get it back. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> no, but the uh, for the day that it was gone, I was thinking, well, that's a – be unfortunate if it's gone yeah. but worse than the monetary loss of a laptop which is expensive way worse is that you could do so many dastardly things with absolutely. it absolutely it was open to my facebook yeah you could very easily post something that makes me live in infamy sure <laughs> <laughs> so uh by the way if you're ever out with uh, gavin mckinnis uh-huh. don't leave your phone on the table no I, i've heard that okay yeah he'll do things yeah yeah <laughs> I will probably never be in that situation, so that's not a problem. <laughs> but take the phone with you. Put it in your pocket, people. Could you know any any anything can happen? I mean, that's just good advice in general. Yeah, I I think was it Joe DeRosa? I don't know. This this was way back in the day. I was out with people, and I I left my phone on the table idiotically. Yeah. And guys like Joe DeRosa. I mean, and that's and the, there was a, a tweet was posted that <laughs> was not something I would ever post. And I was like, what the hell is this? And I, I, I believe – I don't want to def- – I don't want to uh, libel or slander, I guess, because we're talking. I don't want to slander Joe DeRosa, but I'm fairly certain it was him. Yes, yes. Um, well, that's the uh, – that's the word. We're doing radio tonight, Andy. We are. Uh, yeah. I think the uh, – I wonder if the there, – there's obviously a certain number of people who – they listen to the podcast. They listen to the radio. Sure. They like any – they'll take anything. You know, they're two different animals. Absolutely. But they like the whole game. Then I think there's people who are like, I have no time for that Fox News radio. Sure. I like I like the podcast. Yes. I like hearing these guys talk about uh, Casablanca yeah. endlessly. <laughs> <laughs> and by the way, if you guys – if anyone – I'm thinking this might be the breakthrough where somebody knows the name of that movie. Because I've gone back to my parents and they're like, I have no memory of that movie. Uh-huh. Um, and, uh, and they th- seem to think I might have been mixed up and maybe half-dreaming that. Right. Um, right, and that maybe the suction cup thing is different from the uh, from the painter, the money behind the painter yeah. thing, sure, which could be, yeah. But if either of those movies, uh-huh. suction cup thief, or uh, money behind the painting, because mm. um, there was back, I don't remember how old it was. Wasn't there? There was something called like the Human Fly, where it was a guy who used suction cups. Like it was either a TV show or a TV movie. Uh huh. 
I, now, that's ringing a bell, too. Yeah. So that's what I'm thinking. I don't know. I'm going to do some research after this podcast. This was more the, – the guy with the suction cups had, like, two, uh, you know, team members. Okay. And they were – it was like – they weren't great at, at the the process. Like right. it took a, it took a long it was a long process of getting the uh-huh. the, uh, the the thing and the the heist took a long time. Right, this, it was very uh, labored. Um, but there there was a lot of movies of that era that had the that had the um, reveal ending like that. Like it was a very classic ending, and then the the credits rolled. Uh-huh. You know, with the oh as the as the, the credits paint rolled dripping. as the paint was dripping. Uh-huh. Yeah, <laughs> but it was kind of like uh, one of my favorites, which is the. Uh, the one in the subway um, with um, with uh, Robert Shaw, you know the uh, uh, the Pelham, oh, the one, Take Pelham, Pelham one two three, three. yeah, and because you know and it has that ending of the guy s- sneezing, uh huh, you know what I mean, a chew, and then he turns and faces the camera, and that's and then the credits roll. Oh, I don't remember. I haven't seen the old oh, okay, one in yeah. a long time. Um, I mean, again, that's a huge spoiler on that, but people right. should know the <laughs> Taking a Pelham one two three. But it is the it is it's one of those things where. Uh, you know what's the most famous movie that has those? It's the it's the classic ending of, uh, where they don't show you the ending. Right. They show you the the penultimate scene. Right. And then you know what's going to happen, yeah. which is the guy's you know gonna knock on the door and he's about to get arrested. For, right. You know, but uh, they were big and that was a big ending in the seventies when you know in the pre jagged edge. Right. Which that be, then that became the way to end movies was with a absolutely ridiculous twist at the end. <laughs> Um. So, uh, so that's it, Andy. Yeah. I'm going to do. Uh, we better wrap up this podcast. I got to go down and do the Michael Malice show. Oh, that's right, Michael that's Malice right. show on the. You know, it, that's a. That can't be called anything other than a red eye media success story. Mm-hmm. I mean, Michael Malice uh, was a uh, a favorite on Red Eye, as was Anthony Cumia. Sure. They met each other. Sure, uh, Malice kind of formed his. Uh, Insouciant uh, media personality on Red Eye uh-huh. <laughs> <laughs> and on Kennedy. I was going to say, yeah, yes, but uh, and now he's got his own show on the uh, yeah. on the uh, Compound Media. Huh? So that is a little uh, that's like a little Red Eye baby. There are a lot of those. I think there are a lot of Red Eye babies <laughs> yes. out there. Someday there'll be a yeah. Red Eye baby convention. Yep. Um, all right, so that's it. That's the Red Eye Podcast, ladies and gents. Let's get back on there and do some um, – um, give us some reviews. I mean, people who haven't. Most people – a lot of people have. I think they, they have, yeah. They've helped us out with that. But yeah. I notice as I listen to podcasts, everybody always says it, so I'm going to keep saying it. Uh-huh. Because for some reason – It's important. Apple has this convinced – I think it's a scam by right. Apple. Because <laughs> they, they want you getting back in there to iTunes. Right. But uh, go on. You know, Leave us some reviews. Leave us your thoughts. Uh, make sure to keep visiting us on the uh, – uh, keep in touch with us on the the uh, Red Eye Twitter and on the Facebook page. And uh, otherwise, that's uh, that's the name of this game. And, and find us on Fox News Talk. We're going to be on tonight and tomorrow night. Uh, and uh, I'm sure we'll see you uh, next week as well. That's the Red Eye Podcast. All right.